This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you would like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right. So, of course, so we will talk to you about anything. There was some pretty big news that I guess hit at some point yesterday. Uh, we kind of, I, I, I guess I mentioned Ron Paul on the air, but I didn't really say what was going on. Uh, according to various different sources, this one, nationaljournal.com, uh, Ron Paul is back in the race, or he's close. Uh, apparently, he's formed one of those exploratory campaign committees. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I Don't ask me. Politics can be very confusing. There are all kinds of statuses and things that need to be done legally before you can... I don't think you have to have an exploratory committee. I think it's just an opportunity to fundraise in a certain way. So, uh, anyway, the, the article talks about how Ron Paul ran back in 1988 as a libertarian, and then, of course, as you probably know, he ran in 2008 as a Republican, made quite the splash uh, by actually appearing in national-level debates with some of the other Republican candidates, and really kind of brought the ideas of liberty to a forefront, at least as forefront as they could be in, in a national campaign where the media does everything they can to blackball you and ignore you, which, of course, is typically what happens to libertarian candidates. They still did as much as they could to Ron Paul, uh, but they still had to kind of give him a little bit of airtime. I think so National Review has a uh, poll up right now. Is Ron Paul's campaign a joke? Jeez, oh, that's yes already no. started. <laughs> uh, well, of course. I, yeah, I think this time around he's going to have a lot more attention because – just what people have seen in the past few years, he's a lot more viable of a candidate now. I, I agree that uh, he, he's got a lot of predictions uh, right and that his name's out there. I think that uh, one thing that'll kill a candidate is their age. and <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, indeed. Um, and, and he's, he's 75. Yeah, he's 75, and that means that he'll uh, finish his, uh, his presidency at 80. People look at that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be the oldest man to win the office the first time. Really? I believe that's the case. That's a pretty tough uh, hedge to jump over, even for a spry Dr. Paul. Um, he, you know, that's. I think that that is probably the biggest thing that he's facing. I, I, that's why I'd like to see a Johnson Paul, Gary Johnson, and Ron Paul combination uh, candidacy. I think that those two guys bring different constituencies to the table. Did Gary Johnson say he was sixty-eight or fifty-eight? Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Okay. So you've got a much younger guy there, and we've talked to Gary Johnson, and he seems to be a relatively liberty-oriented uh, person. He was pretty straightforward, I, and I guess he gets along with Ron Paul, so who knows, Mark? Maybe you know anything's possible, uh, whether or not one of them wants to be, I guess, demoted to the vice presidential level, I guess will be the ultimate question. Will it be an ego uh, battle between the two of them? I don't know. Time remains, so we will see, I guess, what happens in due time. But I figure it was worth a mention here that it looks like, by all indications, Ron Paul is getting back into the race. And indeed, as you pointed out, Meg, uh, he's certainly better positioned now than he was four years ago uh, from a public knowledge standpoint. More people know the name Ron Paul. And, of course, we already know that uh, 
four years ago, he did incredible campaign fundraising. Oh, yeah. That fundraising was... that any libertarian candidate would any have. Any candidate in general. I mean, didn't he make more money in one day than any candidate has ever done? I believe that's true. I, I $20 million dollars yeah, or something. Incredible. His, his, the whole apparatus was incredible. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't even him, of course. It was the activists yeah. that surrounded his campaign that actually did all that stuff. I remember his... Um, what is it, the financial or fundraiser campaign manager for him was just sort of astonished. Like he gave this speech, just like we were really surprised. We didn't know we yeah. didn't set this up. This just happened. So I guess, uh, you know, we'll keep you in the, in the loop here as to uh, what happens with Ron Paul. But as, as of now, it's probably a, a definite, I mean, it's, it's close to definite that he's going to be in the 2012 presidential race. There'll be a lot of people who are very disappointed if he's not. Well, I think it's also very interesting. You know, even if they don't, Mark, go with the the Paul slash uh, Johnson candidacy campaign combo that you're talking about, I think that even if they don't do that, then you're going to get two liberty-oriented or relatively liberty-oriented people in that Republican debate, which should be interesting. I mean, yeah. to have two people up there talking about ending the war on drugs in a Republican debate would be in a debate in general <laughs> right kind of this is true. yeah that is an issue that is that just tend, does not tend to be brought up um whether it will be brought up is another question but if it were then it would really start to put those ideas like because when ron paul is alone he's a crazy old man you know <laughs> but if he's backed up by this other guy that's 58 and they're both on the same yep. stage together so i don't think it'd be the end of the world either if they both ended up uh running in the same primary together because it's pretty unlikely that either of them will actually win uh given that they you know they would have to garner the votes of a bunch of warmongering republicans i don't know that that's i, I don't know that that's the answer i mean the fact is that that uh, Gary Johnson has a lot, has the executive experience. He's got the 700, is it, vetoes while eight years in office, the v- most veto in uh, governor in the history of the United States and more than any other governor at the time. Anything's he, possible, Mark, but for, for somebody who's a Republican to not be a just a vicious warmonger, it's, it's going to be really tough for most of the Republican um, folks to stomach. Republicans are sick and tired of spending. I, I mean, you can talk to a lot of Republicans these days that are sick of spending money on wars. Is that right? Is that because it's Barack Obama now? Is that why they're tired of it? Because they didn't seem tired of it back in the Bush administration. They sure didn't, but well, I mean, it's been four more years of it now. And now they're just going to say they're spending the money on the wrong wars. I, I, I just don't care. You know? <laughs> and to me, it doesn't matter if they talk about the, war, the wars that we're in being the wrong wars. I'd love to have an academic debate over whether or not the World War II was the right war to be in yeah. over spending money on being in libya or afghanistan or or iraq or you know pakistan and and mark i know that you weren't happy with uh some of the i guess the financial decisions on the part of the paul campaign i I feel like there was a a lot of indecision um on the the part of the paul and i agree with you i think that there's some mistakes were made i don't regret giving the campaign money but then again i only gave him a few hundred dollars not like Mm. a couple thousand or anything um so i gave him a few hundred dollars and i thought it was worthwhile because it got the word out about the ideas of freedom but this time around i'm going to you know, I think it'd be also it'd be interesting to have uh, you know to kind of play the candidates off of one another. Like, mm-hmm. let's see who's going to be the more hardcore liberty candidate. <laughs> will it be Gary Johnson, or will he kind of moderate his message more like a politician? Or will you know will Gary Johnson shine as the clear liberty oriented candidate between he and Ron Paul? I don't know. Yeah, I just I feel really torn about the whole situation because while I do support the message of freedom and it's a great sounding board for it, you know, even if by some chance he got into office and he became president, I still wouldn't like the government. So it's like, why support something that I'm not going to like either way? 
So. Well, yeah, it's not to support the government. It's not to support for me. It's not to support yeah. the government or but support the politics. Definitely is a better sounding board with you know somebody that high up. For me, it's for getting the the word out yeah. and what happens as a result of that. That kind of tangential things that people who find Ron Paul find Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. People who find you know Gary Johnson now might search for him and find our interview with him, for instance. And that will lead them to a real principled message of freedom. Or they'll find the Free State Project. We've found mm-hmm. people that uh, are here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project who will say, I'm here because of the Ron Paul campaign. Yeah, I am indirectly as a result. I mean, I came to New Hampshire to film the uh, primary, and that's when I found out about the Free State Project. So... like indirectly responsible so really it's more of a way to use the politicians in their campaigns and all the attention that they're given as a springboard for taking people to whatever that next level is and once you start down the path of liberty once you start learning these things there's no stopping it and there's no unlearning it so you can only go forward i tend to agree with that statement although there's the rare case right there's like a two people that i'm aware of that uh, claim that they are no longer libertarian or they are no longer of a, of a liberty mindset i shouldn't use that that libertarian term it's been so just kind of skewed crapped on <laughs> over the years more coming up here your thoughts are welcome 800-259-9231 i mean what else do you say about ron paul i mean he he's He's going to be past all of the attacks at this point. How else can they attack him? him? You can't call him quixotic if Gary Johnson's standing on the stage with him. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. Bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You can go to watch and listen and interact because our chat room is built into this very same page. So just go to cam.freetalklive.com. And you can do those things there. Uh, again, cam.freetalklive.com. By the way, the cam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. MemoryDealers.com. They include SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, NPACs, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, that's MemoryDealers.com. Coming up, we'll tell you about a, uh, uh, Meg is going to tell us about a homeless mom that is being sent to jail because she sent her child to government school. We will 
explain that confusing story for you here in a moment. Uh, But first, your calls about what you want. Aaron is listening in Ohio. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Yeah, um, the topic I wanted to talk about was the one that you guys had posted on your uh, website a few uh, days ago. It was about the one involving a dude who posted a vulgar song children on youtube and he said and he's spending two months in prison did you see that one yeah that's right we did talk about that one on the air um it, it wasn't us that posted it was one of our listeners just that, to be clear that you right, can go right, and, right, you, that's what I'm okay saying. right yeah any listener yeah. can go and post uh any of you out there can go and post at free uh, freetalklive.com whatever it is you find online that's interesting in this case oh gosh i'm, I'm spacing on what his name was um well, anyway, the guy had sung uh, a song in front of a group of children in an elementary or first grade school classroom. It was a completely innocuous song, what, which he sung in front of the class. And then later, he had you know he had video cameras recording this event. Later, he cut in a different version of the song, an explicit version of that same tune. And during the explicit lyrics, was showing children's faces as though that they were reacting to him saying very pornographic uh kind of lyrics and yeah that guy's going to jail for 60 days and will be ordered to stay away from children uh after that point will be on probation i think for it was two years yep and there were a handful of other restrictions as well your thoughts yeah well the thing it was about that story was that i was ta- uh, that's not exactly what i the uh, what i wanted to get into but uh, that is just the basis of it was um i was talking with one of my relatives about this story and my relative told me that she thought that it was okay saying that that profanity is not protected under the first amendment and i said yeah it is <laughs> and and i wanted to know what is your thoughts on that like like the words that i can't say on the air what do you think do you think those are protected by free speech of course they are. Um, you know, <laughs> speech is speech and profanity is speech. And so therefore pr- profanity is protected by the First Amendment. Um, the, if you're talking about it being on the air, um, th- th- that wouldn't enter into this situation. So I can either discuss whether or not, um, you know, this young, this well, young man didn't broadcast anything over the air. Right. So, but wait a minute. It does enter into the situation because it could give people a, the fact that certain words aren't allowed on the air could give people a mistaken interpretation of what free speech means. They may jump to the conclusion that, well, because these uh, radio stations are getting fines, clearly, you know, that uh, these things are not included in free speech. You cannot say the F-bomb or the S-bomb and that and that those that's not part of free speech. It gives people that impression. But what's going on, actually, is the FCC has actually since the the old uh, let's see which which case was it Pacifica I think is what it was in the 1970s the old Supreme Court case involving George Carlin and the seven dirty words skit being played on the airwaves ever since then the FCC has been relatively well in fact not at all likely to take a, a free speech issue all the way to the Supreme Court and just recently they have lost uh, at appeals court levels in the cases with Fox, I think it was Fox and ABC, a couple of different television. Fleeting expletives. Uh, fleeting expletives, yeah. And they've lost those cases. And there was news recently in the industry publications that said that the FCC is taking this issue now to the Supreme Court. So for I welcome that. For uh, Literally, mm-hmm. for decades, this has not been addressed by the Supreme Court. When this decision was first made, the court was dealing with three networks. You know, there was CBS, there was ABC, and there was, you know, NBC, and it was all over the air, and nobody had ever even fathomed the idea of cable broadcasting at that point. Uh, certainly not the Internet, and all of these different competing audio realms and video realms to where... 
if the Supreme Court is anything like the appeals courts as far as what they're what they're going to do, the FCC may very well have the entirety of of all of its profanity rules completely overturned. But it doesn't. And, and I wish that the one bad thing about the George Carlin skit, which is funny as heck, the seven dirty words you can't say. First off, um, there's a repetition. Um, F and then M, uh, mother F, uh, those words are the same yeah. word, right? You can yeah, say that, mother. So That kind of bugged me but for it, a while. It, the reason he said it is because it rhymes well. But the second second part is is that it gave people the impression that the FCC lays out rules on words you can say and words you can't say, mm-hmm. which is an absolute lie. The FCC does something really stupid and says that you can't say something that might be offensive to uh, the, the community or something right. like that. Broadcast, yeah. Community standards. Community yeah. standards. So at that point, you know, who's, who is the community? What are the standards? It, it leaves this everything up in the air, and the broadcaster has no idea. Now, I, even if the Supreme Court were to lay down, look, you're never allowed to say these words on the radio, I would welcome a ruling that was just clear fascism as opposed to nebulous fascism. Yeah, and my question has always been, what if you say a dirty word in a different language? How does that work? Right. If they don't get a complaint, then it's it's like it never happened. Yeah, and so that's just so arbitrary. Say again? Unless, unless the, as someone who understands the foreign language understands that word. Well, correct. I mean, there are Spanish radio stations in right. different markets in this country, and those listeners are going to be likely uh, Spanish-speaking folks. And uh, if you curse up a storm there, if one of them submits that to the FCC, then that station could get a fine. If you say it right. to a primary audience of people that cannot speak Spanish, then you probably get away with it. So the real, the, the real lesson here is to learn to cuss in Urdu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've addressed appropriately your question, however. Well, um, no, I think so. I'd like to, well, a couple other things I wanted to talk about involving this issue was um, that my that my relative was talking about was the reason she said that like one of the reasons why she said certain words like the f word and the s word are vulgar and not speech was because what they mean. And that was like mm-hmm. that's kind of weird because there are words that mean the same things as the f word and the s word that are considered vulgar. Like like instead of the f word, you can say screw, and instead of the mm-hmm. s word. You can say crap. Like if I were to, go, and the fact is that there are people in, like, there's actually parts of the parts of this country where people have gotten fined for saying the f word and the s word in public for just saying ah oh, f word or. Oh, yeah, F-word. clearly, there, mm-hmm. clearly there is no real freedom of speech in this country. Um, right. I mean, the, the idea that uh, radio stations they can put these words on the air and take a risk if they want to, but the thing is they're risking their license. So they've already given up their freedom in return for running a radio station that is running licensed, and so that right. therefore they becomes subject uh, to all these FCC rules. Of course, the FCC will then threaten anybody that doesn't get a license yeah. that decides to start up a radio station. But th- then again, the FCC has never actually, from what I understand, actually gone to court to try to collect money from the pirates that they issue fines to who don't pay them. So thank you for the call tonight uh, because they're afraid of dealing with a First Amendment issue on that case. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9.
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. We've got listening options. You want a broadband stream? We've got that. Dial-up stream, maybe be more to your taste. You can find that there, too, at Listen. Dot freetalklive.com. Plus, you'll get details on the other ways to get the show in your ears, including 95 great radio stations from coast to coast that carry the show at various different times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options like XM as well as our free-to-air satellite channel. The, uh, the mobile listening options, including our uh, listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. As well as our webcam. You can go get all those details and get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. Well, you know, gold and silver have been up. They've been down a little bit. I think they're down a little bit today. That means, well, it's a kind of a good day to buy. Go to gold.freetalklive.com, check the rates, see that this compare them to other companies. It may be difficult though with the way gold and silver is going up and down. It's my experience um de- de- dealing with gold.freetalklive.com, Midas Resources is the uh, company that that handles this for us that they are some of the lowest in the industry. I think it's possible for you to go on say eBay or something like that and spend a lot of time uh, looking for things, but you just can't get the quantities that you need. The easiest way to do it is go to gold.freetalklive.com and they'll send it right to your door. And it'll be all be taken care of. Gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So 800-259-9231. Uh, here's a little bit more on the news regarding the FCC. People were wondering whether or not they were going to go forth with appealing what happened with the uh, with an appeals court. Uh, it was the second U.S. Court of Appeals that essentially ruled that the FCC does not have the ability to fine radio stations for fleeting expletives. Because the agency's policy, according to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, is, quote, unconstitutionally vague. Well, is it ever? (laughs) So there was a huge legal smackdown against the FCC, and they actually did decide to take this to the Supreme Court, according to Talkers Magazine. Because it would be easier than having to actually write a new, uh, more constitutionally, uh, you know, less less vague. I mean, for God's sakes, offensive to community standards? What does that mean? Yeah, because my standards are very, very different than even just yours. So. Yeah, absolutely right. right. Absolutely. So a little more detail here. Uh, this from Talkers Magazine, where the FCC is asking the Supreme Court to rule on its appeal. If the Supreme Court of the U.S. agrees to hear the case, it will be the first time since the Pacifica case in 1978 that the issue of broadcast indecency was heard by the court. Uh, Talkers legal editor Stephen Wiseman has written that the FCC's t- uh, the FCC's taking this case to the Supreme Court could be a risky move for the agency since the mood of the court seems to favor the appeals court's ruling. In a related ruling on a procedural question last year, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas wrote the following, quote, Red Lion and Pacifica were unconvincing when they were issued, and the passage of time has only increased doubt regarding their continued validity. That was Clarence Thomas? That's correct. Oh, they're screwed. And they're not going to win anything. Uh, the, the the one people the people that you could have expected to vote for, the conservatives you mean right uh, would have been Scalia and Thomas. If you've got Thomas issuing a, an opinion like this, there's no way. Right, and this was an opinion on a case that didn't have anything to do with the constitutionality of this. And so there has been a, a situation where, and I don't think they they cite it here, but actually. Uh, I think it was in this case with that they're referencing where they they kind of let this opinion out about how unconstitutionally vague the uh, 
essentially the, the regulations were, they, at one point they actually suggested that constitutional issues should be brought in front of the Supreme Court. Like, we can't rule on the constitutionality of this because that's not the question before us. What was before them, this is how dumb courts can be, uh, the question before them, they can only rule on yes. the actual questions that have been appealed. And so the question that was appealing or that was being appealed was a procedural question. So they used that opportunity to say, hey, yeah, we might be willing to overturn this if somebody will take this to the Supreme Court. And so now it looks like they uh, they will have their opportunity to do so. Uh, Clarence Thomas continued saying that the ruling in these two cases had made a deep intrusion into the First Amendment rights of broadcasters. So maybe, maybe, you know, we can keep our fingers crossed and hope that the broken clock strikes correctly uh, at some point mm-hmm. here and we'll actually have some kind of repeal or significant change to the broadcast so-called decency standards in this country. Yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm not looking forward to the day that people can drop the F-bomb and the S-bomb on radio. That's not the it's not the freedom that uh, really sparks my soul, but I do think that you will see maybe even less pandering to sexual and scatological topics. Why? Because at that point, there's nothing to pander to. There's no way to to dance around yeah. the world. You, you aren't the edgy person if you do it anymore. You aren't the edgy shock jock or whatever. You're just the you know guy who's being crude. There was some morning crew when I was a kid that uh, used to use substitute the word uh, Vulcan for um, the, the 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 gerund of the f bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And they would so they they you know say, oh that Vulcan Ian, he's Vulcan stupid, uh-huh. and you know it was a couple of chuckleheads, yeah. right, having a good time, and the and they were clever because I guess they were the first ones to come up with at least on the radio mm-hmm. using this, or at least the, at that time in, in the area. Who knows? And it was it was kind of clever. So they were able to play with that and they got all kinds of mileage out of it. There'd be no mileage for that if if it didn't occur that way. Yeah. And like I've always told people that when I watch cartoons that have cussing in it, it's so much funnier when they bleep it. Just for some reason to see a bleep in the middle of a cartoon just makes you laugh so much more than seeing, you know, a cartoon character cuss. Mm, yeah, it, it's true. It's, because it, you don't really know what they said. Yeah. It's it doesn't seem it and, and people worry that suddenly their uh you know, their their oldies station is is now gonna have the jock coming in and, on, and dropping the F bomb in the middle of this and that's just silly. It's hard to sell that. What do you mean sell it? It's hard to sell it from a sales perspective. Oh, you I mean, never you never be able to sell it from a right. sales perspective. So you, that's what that's what works in radio is what sells. And if profanity sells, then people will do it. Uh, and there may be a small market for that, but otherwise, I think the vast majority of radio stations will probably still keep it clean. Of course, they will because they have the standards of their station that make sense for their audience and their advertisers. Right. This is like suggesting raising the minimum wage raises all the wages for everybody. It doesn't. It just raises the floor on wages and so you know all this is is a minimum it's only going to affect the uh, the morning shows and the the edgy talk shows some stations will want to carry that some won't here's a little warning for you grandma don't tune into you know 97 7 jackpot in the morning Uh, all right, so here's a little more information from another industry publication, this one, uh, radio-info.com. 
where they also mentioned that another appellate court has recently tossed out a $1.2 million FCC fine for a brief flash of a woman's bear behind on NYPD Blue. Those judges also found that the standard was impermissibly vague. Now it's up to the Supreme Court. If it refuses to accept the administration's appeal, then in that case, the FCC indecency policy is in tatters, because that essentially means that the Supreme Court, if they refuse to accept it, is basically backing the other court's decision. Yes. Uh, so, and the, the other court's decision was against the FCC. So, and then if the high court, uh, let's see, and the high court won't have offered any guidance to the agency. If it takes the case and rules against the FCC, it will anger some social conservatives, maybe not libertarians, they say, though who knows, it might uphold the FCC, which would put radio and TV right back into a perilous world of trying to keep a sputtering football coach or stressed out NASCAR driver from causing a $325,000 fine. It doesn't should. seem like it. Uh, the, fl- the, the, the most reasonable avenue here, and I'm not saying I'm going for the, I'm not looking for this. I'm just saying what the most reasonable avenue here is to uh, uh, fleeting expletives. You know, just you have to, the, 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 the television station has to have shown due diligence in uh, trying to prevent these sorts of things. Yeah, but- we're not going to turn off our dump machine. I mean, if this, if this actually happens, we're not going to shut down the dump machine. It's useful because it kind of acts as a buffer between people that just want to F around by getting on the air and dropping some sort of a, a nasty curse word yeah. uh, just to kind of cause trouble. And it kind of creates uh, a buffer there. And plus, we do have to be concerned with what our stations uh, will think from an advertising perspective and uh, you might as well protect them. So more coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you want to talk about free speech, you're welcome to. Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there for free. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at shop.freetalklive.com. You enter through that website. You enter Amazon, actually, through that link. Because there are links to the U.S. Amazon, the Canadian Amazon, the U.K., and the, uh, the German Amazon there. You enter into the appropriate Amazon for where you live and get your shopping done. And you can feel good because you're getting great deals. It's Amazon, the same great prices and huge selection you're used to. And Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale when you enter through our link, which is shop.freetalklive.com. Again, shop.freetalklive.com. However... You can't buy prescription medications through Amazon. Sure can. But you can do that through meds.freetalklive.com. If you're getting your prescription medications at a local pharmacy, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount prescription services will get you your medications a discount as high as 70% off 
Actually, it's, it's higher than that in some cases. They'll deliver them right to your door. They'll consult you on what kind of medications you need, what kind of medications you, you don't need. They'll help you out through the process entirely. They uh, have hired a, uh, a secondary firm uh, you know, to do the inspecting just to make sure that your prescription medications are the ones you order. There's no counterfeiting there. That the, uh, you know, if you've been prescribed a generic one, that you'll get the generic. That if you've been prescribed the name brand, that you'll get the name brand. You can rest assured that their customer service is excellent. I've been through the process. They'll walk you through every step of the way, and and you'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. All right, so the toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Moving from the issue of free speech to the issue of whether or not you should be able to not go to jail if your kids go to government school. It's one of the most confusing stories yeah. I've heard about, and it's right at the top, actually, of freetalklive.com tonight. Uh, of course, our website allows you to actually control the content of our website, so feel free to hop on over there and get interactive in that way. Uh, but, Meg, you've got the story. Yeah, I was uh, looking for stuff on public school, and this showed up and happens to be the top of Free Talk Live, so that's good as well. But, um There's a story out of Connecticut. A homeless woman in Connecticut has been arrested for one of the most unthinkable reasons imaginable. She sent her son to school. Uh, (laughs) She was arrested last week and charged with first-degree larceny for stealing $15,686, the cost of public school education for her six-year-old son. And to make matters worse, the child's babysitter, who provided documentation that said the boy lived at her Norwalk address, was evicted from her public housing unit for her role in his education. So is the idea here that there have been cases in the past where the school systems in various areas will actually go and investigate people. They'll send a, a police officer to go and see if children actually live where they are claimed yeah. to have lived. Well, this says that... Um, the school he attended was in Norwalk, which had recently decided to crack down on infiltrators. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Lord. Infiltrator meaning a parent who, or a set of parents, who believes that one government school is better than another government school. And because the government school system in most places is set up geographically, and that if you live in a certain area, your child will have to go to a specific school that has been assigned to that area, the so-called infiltrators, the first time I've heard that term, uh, describe someone who will maybe falsify a document to suggest that, yeah. uh, or have grandpa say that so you know their son lives with them, uh, which if grandpa lives in a different school district, then that would result in this your mm-hmm. child going to a different school. They get very, very upset about this. Apparently so. The uh, mayor was quoted as saying, this now sends a message to the other parents that may have been living in other towns and wow. registering their kids with a phony address. Sending a message. But that just sounds so extreme, doesn't it? Every time they do it, it scares me. Whenever they talk about sending a message. And it's like, first of all, $15,686. That's the cost of one child's public education. That's insane. That's just, I mean. So shouldn't she be compensated for whatever uh, school district they believe that she's supposed to have been, um, you know, in? Shouldn't she be compensated that amount from that school district then? I, I mean, she didn't get the education there. She sent it to another school. Shouldn't it be offset in some way? I don't really understand. They're and just also, punishing her. Right, that's all. Also, she's homeless. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. It's she's like, going to where jail. was she supposed to send her kid? And the fact that kids are now in many, many areas, if they're out of school, it's considered truancy laws. Sure. And, and the parents are held responsible yeah, for that, so too. So she would have gone to 
jail or been you know arrested on that charge. There's no winning in this yeah. situation, except for making it so these government bureaucrats do not know that your kids exist in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to keep yourself safe from their stupid uh, oppressive rules and to keep your children safe from their awful indoctrination system as well. Yeah, but at the same time, like this woman just wanted to get her child educated. I'm sure she doesn't, you know, she isn't aware of all the bureaucracy and all the horrible things that go into government education but she was trying so she, she saw one uh, she knew a person that person had a home i'll use that address sure this person's close to me they don't mind what's wrong with that yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with it I, obviously i don't think anybody should send their kids to government school but yeah that's a horrible idea i don't blame anybody for feeling like they can only do that or feeling mm-hmm. like that's their only option because the system is set up that way uh, but it's just so just tyrannical. And again, the the, the attitude of the, this will send a message right. to the rest of you parents out there. Don't you try any funny stuff. And the fact that they're charging her with larceny. I mean, that's has she insane. been convicted? Was this a plea bargain? I missed that point. Uh, this was a recent arrest. OK, it was just last. So week. she's just been charged yeah. at this point. And also, she'll probably this, take the plea bargain, whatever it is. The <laughs> idea of sending a message shows that there's, um, you know, th- that essentially you're not getting justice in this circumstance. Sending a message means basically what I hear it mean when I hear it uh, said means we're going to crack down on this person mm-hmm. so that we don't need to crack down on the rest of them. This is kind of an efficiency model that the government uses in order to, you know, well, I'll just we'll just be really tyrannical to one person. That way it'll scare the, the heck out of a thousand. And then how's we'll, that worked? Uh, I, 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 I don't think that enough people are tuned in and care. Exactly. How many people are paying attention to the news, the local news, and this particular story? Especially if they're homeless. <laughs> yeah. So is there more to the story like, that we um, need to know about? No, the rest of the story is basically opinion from the author of the story. Now, you've got a quote uh, that's yes. kind of interesting to tie in here. And you said it was from Benjamin Rush, who yeah. I guess was he a was, constitutional signer or something? Uh, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Ah. And um, he was a big proponent for the creation of the public school system. And I, I read an essay that he wrote, and this is a quote out of it that just sort of gives you an idea of what the public school system is for. Um, let our pupil be taught that he does not belong to himself, but that he is public property. That, that was the, the goal point. of that public the, school. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States, the birthplace of fascism. That's an extraordinarily fascist statement. The idea that the government owns you. Mm-hmm. And this public comes, property. Yeah, from his essay that's titled A Plan for the Establishment of Public Schools. Yep. That's what they were based off of. That should send a chill down anyone's spine who has not already associated uh, themselves with the knowledge of this this kind of information. If you're just tonight coming across these ideas for the first time, then that should be a real heads up to you. Because you can tell yourself whatever story you want to about, oh, well, the teachers, they love you know the children and they're trying to do their best and they're working within the system and then we've got the PTA and the school board and you know they all care about children, no doubt. No doubt about it. I, I, you know, I know people that are teachers, and I, I've met people that are on the school board, and and I really believe that these are individuals who want what's best for young people. I don't think they're part of some kind of conspiracy. Yeah. They didn't sign on to Benjamin Rush's original proclamation from the 1700s or whenever that was written and say, I agree that I believe that the children are tools of the state and that we own them and they are our you know, cattle. I, I, I don't think that there's any kind of conspiracy theory here. 
at least at the lower levels, I'm not going to say that they're not pl- plotting this way at the you know the upper administrative levels in these government school well, uh, bureaucracies. They don't have to. Uh, th- th- that's it's subliminal. They're not plotting that way even at the upper levels. It's subliminal because the know. government already believes that it owns you. I see. Yeah. If you the government didn't believe that it owned you, if you didn't believe that the government owned you, you wouldn't call them your taxes. Mm, yeah. The fact is that the government levies against your labor a percentage of it and that means that they believe that they own you they own you and the activities that you do and you really can't uh, you can't divide those two from each other that so, so at the very fundamental level we are taught as americans as people in just the whole, the, the whole world's basically like this that your labor is owned by the government. They yeah. say the, the, the for the public good, but they don't really mean that. They mean the government. Well, I mean, one of his other quotes from this is, the principle of patriotism stands in the need of reinforcement of prejudice, which is created in the first one in 20 years of our lives. More coming up here. Your thoughts Jeez. are welcome. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want. San Francisco is supposed to be a progressive city, right? Why are they banning e-cigarettes? Well, at least they're talking about it. We'll give you the details here in a moment at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers. From LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the second hour of the program. You can join us on our website, of course, at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, So go and enjoy ours over at freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content there by submitting different things you find online of interest. Uh, You find something you think that our listeners will enjoy. You put it up at freetalklive.com and then everybody gets to vote on what they like the most and the most voted up. Make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. And I don't know if there are any other talk shows that have that either. If there are, let me know. I don't think so. I don't think other talk shows really care that much about what you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so enjoy over at freetalklive.com as we will uh, take your phone calls. Uh, joining you in here as always, it's Ian, Meg, and Mark. Uh, and let's go right uh, into other news. In ABC Local, KGO Television in San Francisco reporting, they look like cigarettes... And they have nicotine, but no smoke. Electronic cigarettes are gaining in popularity, though now there's a push in San Francisco to ban them, just like regular cigarettes. 
which of course is angering the e-cigarette industry. SFO banned electronic cigarettes earlier this month, and now the city is the is in the first stages. Wait, what is SFO? San Francisco. Uh, I think that's their like um, airport. The airport, probably. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I refer to Portland as PDX a lot. So. That makes sense. Uh, if you all if y'all could check that for me, I'd appreciate it. But anyway, the city is in its first stages of banning them entirely. The plan is to fold them into the current smoking ordinance, saying that anything that looks, feels, or functions... Yes, SFO yes. is the San Francisco the airport. National Airport. Anything that looks, feels, or functions like a cigarette is a cigarette and has to be banned from public places. So... <laughs> it doesn't function like a cigarette. Yeah, it doesn't at all. So does that mean candy cigarettes are also banned in San Francisco? They do have the little ones that'll admit just a little powdery smoke to. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, wait a minute. It says here that anything that looks, feels, or functions. So it doesn't even have to function. It can just look like a cigarette. Yeah, this is an incredibly stupid rule uh, brought out by some extreme busybodies. The the idea, I mean, these e-cigarettes, they don't have an odor. Uh, they emit water vapor, so you're just blowing out steam. It's not. I don't know if it's water vapor. It's actual nicotine vapor, I think. Uh, but, no, it's, it's uh, is it mixed with water? It's yes. just a liquid vapor. I see. So uh, when you blow it out, there's you know you're not you're not uh, doing anything to the people around you at all. No, Buzz is sitting uh, has sat here in the studio and used this device. I have no problem with it. There's and- actually very few of them that get enough uh, of the vapor out of it to. You know, blow anything out. It just, yeah, there's very little that, yeah. that remains. And and it's so the, what these people are outlawing is something acting like you're smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yep. I mean, this is how intrusive these people are. It's are they going to go for crazy. carrot sticks next? <laughs> I don't know. It's nuts. Yeah, it really is. It really is nuts because from what I've seen, we've talked about these e-cigarettes before on this program. From what I've seen from the smokers I've talked to, from the people that have have tried this e-cigarette, it's rave reviews all around. Mm -hmm. It's rave reviews for different reasons. One, somebody might try to quit using these because it makes it easier to measure, you know, have a measured dose and it's it's a a safer delivery method from what I can tell. Uh, I've heard a lot of people use them, use them in their sort of regimen to quit. It doesn't have the stink uh, that is uh, is also acquired by having smoke uh, mm-hmm. exhaled all into a room and into the you know, the drapes. Cheaper. Yeah, it's it's also cheaper. Yeah, I guess a pack of the fluid or whatever is much cheaper over the long run than actually buying a bunch of uh, cigarette the the equivalent amount of cigarettes. I don't think it takes a month to pay back. Yeah, it's like you got the first investment of maybe fifteen to fifty dollars, depending on the like how fancy your equipment is. And then after that, it's, you know, maybe $5 will is last it, you a month. Is it that cheap now for the actual oh, yeah. item? Because I've seen them at a $100 price range. Oh, it's you can been buy a while. them yeah. online for 10 bucks. That's incredible. Yeah. So right now, you would think that the city of San Francisco, which is supposed to be this progressive liberal city, you'd think that they would want to help people quit smoking, mm-hmm. that, that they would want to encourage. I'm not saying that they should you know, taxpayer funded or you know, subsidize this, but that they should want to encourage people right. to quit smoking by allowing them to smoke these damn things. But at the very least, what they're doing is discouraging people because what they're saying is you're, what you're doing is the same as smoking, mm-hmm. so you might as well smoke. If there's a benefit to e-cigarettes, then people will use them. If one of those, if, if they decide that the benefits do are not sufficient enough, they won't switch. If one of the benefits is the ability to smoke indoors, and I can tell you, it's a huge benefit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, especially up here in the winter. Well, San no Francisco doubt. gets cold too. You've got to you've got to dress in layers there. 
Uh, Bud was, uh, Buzz, who was uh, co-hosting on Sunday's uh, She Talk Live, was sitting here with her e-cigarette plugged into her USB port on yeah. her computer. It's it was a just really cool, USB man. USB powered, so right. you don't even need batteries. Well, I mean, there are batteries, but you can yeah. hook it up to your USB if your laptop's around, and mm-hmm. then you don't waste the batteries, or you can recharge the batteries uh, with those. And it's just, a, if I were a smoker, I would be really excited yeah. about this. I, I'm, you know, I am kind of excited about the idea that maybe there'll be some marijuana fluid or something like that. that there we can put is in there. a marijuana flavored one, which I'm interested to try just to mess with the cops. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It, does it smell like it though? Oh yeah, you... that's that's kind of the whole got it different flavors. So the article goes on to discuss what electronic cigarettes are, and I guess for those that don't know, they are essentially a heating element uh, that does not combust. So it heats a certain fluid that is essentially nicotine-based. Contains that, certain amounts of diluted nicotine. Yeah, and, uh, and and essentially what it does is it heats it to a certain temperature, and at that temperature, it will boil it. It's boiling the nicotine. Instead of, uh, you know, vaporizing, instead of, excuse me, it is vaporizing as opposed to combusting, whereas instead of lighting leaves, dried leaves on fire, you are doing something that's a little more, I don't know, scientific, if you will. Also, the advantages are that uh, what this does is delivers nicotine to... To the recipient, as opposed to delivering nicotine, ammonia, and all these oh, yeah. other carcinogens. That mm-hmm. um, and I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not saying that nicotine's good for you. I just imagine that the nicotine is probably the equal amount to the cigarettes that you you want, and. That also there's these other carcinogens. To me, that seems like one of the biggest reasons for doing it. It's a no-brainer, it yeah. would seem. And also you can get them without nicotine at all if you just you know want to have the social aspect of kind of smoking inside. I want to hear a complaint from somebody in San Francisco. I want to hear one of these people complain about something besides it looks like they're smoking. Well, the San Francisco Health Department says if it looks like a cigarette and acts like a cigarette... It is a cigarette. It needs the same restrictions. Dr. Tomas Aragon, the city's health officer, says e-cigarettes are just another nicotine delivery system. That much is true. And send a message to youth that some smoking is okay. Now, the how... children, the children. So uh, we're going to have to outlaw fat people. <laughs> they are going to send a message to the children that being, uh, that being obese is okay. Yeah, obese is the proper word. It's politically incorrect to say fat. Well, I, I mean, clearly, this is what he's what he's saying is it is the responsibility of every person in San Francisco to properly educate all of the children in mm. San Francisco on the proper behavior. Plus, if you're smoking, well, you know, quote unquote, vaping this thing in a bar, shouldn't children not be in there in the first place? Well, this is, uh, I, I don't know, what where, where was this talking about? This was just all this buildings, is right? all over the place. Yeah. Uh, apparently, San Francisco has already banned cigarettes pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I'm so. pretty much everywhere, but maybe outside, um, you know, several feet from a door or something. 25 right. feet. Right, right. Likely one of those uh, rules and restrictions. So, you know, this this statement here from this health department officer really makes it clear what the issue is with smokers. It's not the fact that you're smoking. It's the fact that you're a user. You're a user of nicotine. See, before the e-cigarette came around, they could kind of couch their disdain for the drug user. It's stinky. Right. Now they're going to drink. What about the secondhand smoke? You're killing kids with the secondhand smoke. They're going to they're going to drink. So obviously the, most of these folks are probably a bunch of hypocrites when it comes to using drugs. Mm-hmm. But and of course drinking alcohol can be addictive for for folks as well. In San yeah, Francisco, alcoholics. you know the public officials are smoking pot too. Come on. <laughs> it's likely it was likely true for some of them. So certainly true for some of them. But before the e-cigarette came along, 
it was easy for them to couch their disdain for the for the uh, for the nicotine addict in their hatred of smoke and, and you know talking about how bad smoke is and it's a you know health risk and it's well what this about those that. that chew? Well, you know they're kind of against that too, but it's not as popular, so I, yeah. I don't think that, I think they for the most part leave that alone. Um, but it was easy for them to pick on uh, the smokers now, and you can see how it's expanding. Now that they've effectively gone after everybody who smokes, now that the marketplace has found kind of a workaround for that, they're now going after the people that are using something that is far safer and much less stinky and much more easy to, uh, to well, we'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything joining you this evening. It is Ian. And Nick. And Mark. Once again, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. We invite you to our website as well. You can enjoy the features on the site there completely free. News updates. Get signed up for them over at news.freetalklive.com. You can sign up for our emailed updates or follow our Twitter or Facebook. Get the information about Free Talk Live when it happens and get it in the way that works best for you. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, it's totally free. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean Rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America. Made for you. Ruger.com. All right, toll-free number here tonight at 800-259-9231. Are you one of those people who believes that smokers are a problem? They need to be dealt with. They need to be shoved to the back of the line, put out by the dumpster, treated like uh, the dregs of society that they are, those dirty filthy smokers are you one of those people because they are out there there are these people that look down their nose now look i'm not a fan of cigarette smoking i i don't really much care for for the smell of it mm-hmm. i'm not going to tell somebody that they can't smoke in my car i've got a crappy car so it wouldn't matter to me if you burned a hole in the seat i will tell them that yes. um so for me it doesn't matter though it's a crappy it's a crappy car i don't care um, as long as the as long as the windows rolled down, right? I wouldn't want to have that smoke. Still not interested. So like, we've it would all depend got our- on the length of the car trip. If I mean, if I'm for whatever reason r- traveling coast to coast with a smoker, and we have to stop every hour at a uh, rest stop, that's going to get irritating. But I haven't had run into that circumstance. But everybody's got their their line where they are okay or not okay with the idea of cigarette smoke. But this new device was relatively new on the scene within the last few years the e-cigarette has become incredibly popular it is uh, the sales the amount of uh, these units that are selling the amount of uh, product that is moving is going up significantly it's becoming a real a, a big portion of the nicotine business and it's allowing people to be less stinky I have no complaint whatsoever about the smell of the e-cigarette, the vapor that is emitted from this device. I, you can't even really tell it exists. No. 
I've been standing right next to Buzz as she's been using this uh, this device, and I cannot tell that there's anything being exhaled in into the air. Yeah, and on the rare occasions when you can kind of smell something, you can get it in different flavors. You can get mint, yeah. you can get chocolate, you yeah. can get marijuana, candy, anything. Yeah. It's a brilliant device, and I, like I said, if I were a smoker, I'd be really jazzed about it. I'd be going out and getting one and, and switching to that, not only because it will make it easier to quit, uh, but also because it's just a much more affordable way to mm-hmm. deliver nicotine. But what we're seeing happen now is in different places, San Francisco's leading the way, uh, they are banning or they're, they're moving towards banning the use of, not the sale of, but the use of these uh, devices, they want them banned in the same exact places where cigarettes are banned. They're basically attempting to classify the e-cigarette as a cigarette because, well, they say it if it looks like a cigarette, if someone is behaving in the way that they would behave with a cigarette, like by lifting it to their mouth, putting it down. Uh, that motion is really hard to get rid of. So I hear. So it's part of the it's part of the addiction. Yeah. So uh, they're going after them, and uh, it's likely they're going, to, they're going to do this. It's very likely that this is going to pass. And then, of course, what you'll see happen is other cities around the country will ape San Francisco because they will see it. They will see that they're successful. They will see that nobody's going to sue them based on it because you know, the cigarette smokers for years have just been hunkering down and just taking it. They've just been bending over and just letting them, let, you yeah. know, letting them, the city people just do whatever they want to them. Just shove them out the back door, uh, put them, you know, out, like I said, out by the dumpster. Don't let them eat near anybody else. Treat them like trash. Treat them like a second class citizen. I've heard it described as a Soviet. Like when you're out there with, you know, your other smoker buddies huddled in some rainy, you know, overpass 25 feet away from every window. It just feels so Soviet. (laughs) Right. Well, you might as well be the new communist. Yeah. I mean, you might the the cigarette smoker or in this case, the nicotine users. More accurate to say that now because that's the, the real truth is coming out. That's who they're really after. They're after people who are addicted to nicotine. They have a problem with people using nicotine in public in the same way that people get uppity when people smoke pot here in Keene out in public as a, as a protest. Well, how dare you? Our children could see you doing those things. Well, have your children seen you drink wine at dinner time? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but so it is all about the stopping people, at least publicly, from using a drug that some people don't like. And it really is all about being treating those people as a second-class individual, somebody who is essentially a scapegoat uh, for these people with their bigotry. Really, we're talking about bigotry here against someone who's chosen to use a recreational drug. That's really what this is. If they completely stamp out the nicotine user, who's next? Like, what's the next thing that they're going to go after? Because they've really, you know, with the drug war and... Obviously, they're not going to try getting rid of alcohol again. That was a bad idea the first time, and everybody learned their lesson. But what what else can they go after? Because these busybodies have to have somebody to go after. Well, they are doing the fatty food thing. Mark alluded to it earlier that uh, it's cities like San Francisco that are already coming up with – I don't know if it was San Francisco or L.A., but one of those two uh, had proposed the rule that no new fast food restaurants could be built. We'll grandfather all you other ones in here since you're paying taxes and all. But uh, in the name of the children and the health of the community, uh, we will be preventing any more fast food restaurants from being built. So they're already going down that road. You've got New York City banning trans fats uh, from restaurants, being Mm -hmm. able to cook with trans fats, which translation, that's margarine. Uh, So they're banning margarine 
in restaurants. Yeah, when I was a kid, they told you it was better because it didn't have the uh, uh, it didn't have the same amount of fat as uh, as butter or something like that. It didn't have the saturated fat. I don't remember exactly what uh, what the claim was. Um, you know, because you know, human memory tends to be kind of short for these things, and that's why people fall for this crap. But they told us margarine was better when I was a kid. So back to the government bureaucrat here, Tomas Aragon, the city's health officer, says that e-cigarettes are just another nicotine delivery system. And he says the big concern is the ability for people to become addicted to nicotine and also to be smoking in an environment where smoking is not permitted. But they're not smoking, dummy. Why don't you pay attention for a moment? You are a doctor, aren't you? I mean, maybe being a doctor these days is a little easier than I thought it was. But I would think that somebody who went through medical school could understand the difference between when you incinerate something and you vaporize something. Yeah, it's just like take a picture of somebody doing it and say, point to the smoke. (laughs) Where's the smoke? Has he ever actually encountered one of these devices? Probably has. He doesn't care. He's using in government um, and, you know, in life. But the government loves to use the language in the way they wish to use the language to frame the debate. And I think this is one of the things that politicians and bureaucrats are excellent at because they know that they're they're there, that the the tools that they have to initially shape the argument is language. And if they do it properly, they'll win. And now they've got the Tobacco Vapor Electronic Cigarette Association saying the ban is ignorant and the cigarettes aren't dangerous uh, and or unhealthy and are much better than smoking regular cigarettes. Their spokesperson said that to have a product and ban a product, you have to show cause. You have to show at one point in time that this product has harmed someone. I don't think that person's right about that. I think the government will ban whatever the heck they want to ban for whatever reasons they want to ban it. And if they want to call an e-cigarette a smoking device, they'll just call it a smoking device. It doesn't matter if it doesn't actually smoke anything. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. Are you against the e-cigarettes? We'd love to hear from you. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, dial in toll-free and bring up what you want. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and you can see that. That's Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com. Do you want freedom? Build freedom. Do you have programming skills? Join the Freedom Engineering team and help develop the technology that enables spontaneous order and free market capitalism to erupt on Earth. Mobile app developers and database experts wanted immediately. Share an ownership, create stuff that matters. Go to FreedomEngineering.org. It's time to build freedom. FreedomEngineering.org. So sometimes when we talk about these issues of people trying to control others or in 
this case, successfully controlling others with uh, the folks that are very, very anti-tobacco or anti-nicotine now is really what they're revealing themselves as. Really, they're revealing themselves as people that are anti-drug addicts or rather anti-addictions to drugs that they don't use. Because I'm sure a lot of them have caffeine problems. They get up in the morning and they have their morning cup of coffee that they just can't get by. They just can't uh, get through the day without their cup of coffee. Well, now they have new delivery systems with like that five-hour energy and stuff oh, like that's that. Right. So the caffeine. They've got their own version of the e-cigarette. Right, but it doesn't have the same stigma. <laughs> it doesn't have the same stigma as those smokers. Even though lots of smokers are now moving to the e-cigarette for the purpose of getting rid of the stinky stigma, which is really the big stigma surrounding smoking, yeah. is the, the smell around it and, of course, the health risks as well. Uh, but one could argue, and there's not enough evidence right now, there's not enough uh, long-term studies or anything, I don't think there's much of anything, that shows for sure that vaporizing this nicotine fluid stuff is better for you for you long term right. health wise cl- than you smoking. You can't claim that uh, from a scientific standpoint, but it does make sense right. when you sort of look at well, cigarettes contain what a hundred and something carcinogens, whereas the e-cigarettes contain nicotine. Yeah. Exactly. And which of course cigarettes contain. Well, too. plus you can't claim anything until the government gives you permission Indeed. to claim it. So I don't think that they're going to be given any leeway. Not only that, uh, but also these, uh, you know, the e-cigarettes, the vapor, it's not smoke. So it doesn't have the same nastiness to it. Like, it's not as damaging. Look, if you've ever walked into a cigarette smoker's house before, you immediately know it. It's just, it's in the carpet. It's in anything that is fabric. It is just, it If you permanently... move the furniture, the walls will be kind of tainted yellow Ew, around gross. that. It's so true. But yeah. yes, that's the case. And... Vapor does not do that same thing. It just does not behave in the same way. It hasn't been transformed in the same scientific manner. It is a different form of, uh, you know, vapor, solid, and yep, etc. So it's just so sad that uh, that these poor. I feel so bad for the smokers because they really have been relegated to another class of of uh, of, of human being. And they're, they're looked down upon and they're just people with, in many cases, with an addiction. And the idea that that's something that they should be embarrassed about or that's something that they should hide be uh, punished for. and be punished for is, I think, really twisted. I would like to remind smokers that to some extent, this hole is something that you've dug for yourselves oh, yeah. by tossing out cigarette butts um, out the car windows. And just as you walk down the street, look. As far as I'm concerned, you should be able to smoke what you want, where you want, as long as you're on your property or on public property. And if it's the bar, it's, if it's a bar, you should be able to smoke there if the bar wants you to smoke there. But throwing butts out is littering. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something we haven't touched on. E-cigarettes. You don't litter no with them. You don't even have ash with these. Right. Yep. It is it's so much cleaner. And, and if what the city of San Francisco is saying to people, and this is what they're saying, is that this is essentially smoking. We are going to classify using a vaporizing device as smoking. And so, therefore, you'll be subject to the exact same rules and regulations, which means you'd be fined and possibly arrested if you're smoking within X amount of feet of a doorway or you're smoking indoors or, excuse me, if you're vaporizing indoors or vaporizing near a doorway. And so, therefore, the person may just decide, screw it. 
I'll just smoke my cigarettes then yeah, in that case. Gonna, if I'm going to walk outside and go 50 feet from a door, I'll take I'll smoke a cigarette. If I can stay indoors, maybe I'll just smoke the e-cigarette. I think that it, I mean this is the kind of behavior that should be being incentivized. Well, plus yeah. with the e-cigarette, uh, the big expense in it is the batteries. Because, you know, these things don't last on forever battery power or anything right. like that. But they do have the plug-in ones that you can plug a USB charger either into your computer or into the wall. Right. So you're sitting at the so, coffee shop with yeah. your laptop in front of you and you've got your little vaporizer with you. But if you have to go outside, if your battery's dead, screw it. you got to smoke cigarettes again. So, you know, why? So here's what the uh, bureaucrat has to say. This is the head of the city's health department. He goes on to say that, uh, well, the, court, the story from ABC Local uh, over in San Francisco, smoke shops in the city say the e-cigarettes are gaining in popularity and are hard to keep on the shelves. Aragon means to change that. He says, quote, we already have laws in place around tobacco consumption. And by redefining what we mean by tobacco consumption, we should be able to go ahead and include this. And that's really all they have to do. They don't have any kind of uh, a bar that they have to reach, some sort yeah. of legal barrier that must even, be crossed. They don't even need people to vote on this. They're just going to. Well, it may be that the uh, the city. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that the the who knows what the citizens of San Francisco would do. Uh, I mean, you know. Oh no, it won't be voters that'll vote on it. It would be like the city board or something I'm like that. Just saying, I, you know, they, there's no going to the public. Even the populist argument doesn't hold here. So, uh, so this is all they have to do. It's just a legal definition. And in the world of legalese, in legal land, they can make words mean things that they don't normally mean. Words can have yep. definitions that you can't find in an English dictionary. And so, under the term of tobacco consumption, they're going to put something that absolutely has nothing to do with tobacco. Right. It's not mm-hmm. even tobacco-based. It's they're, nicotine. They're and you don't even have to have nicotine in these things at all. You can have zero nicotine and right. just have the flavor. Right. You could be sitting there smoking a flavor pack or vaping a flavor packet if you want to. See how in, 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 <laughs> inculcated we are with the term smoking? <laughs> or at least I am. Uh, but, you, yeah, you could be sitting there in a bar vaping a flavor packet, and they will hand you a fine for that because it looks like you're smoking. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of the thought process of quitting smoking using the e-cigarette is, you know, start off with seven milligrams or whatever and then work your way down to zero. And that Mm -hmm. way you don't get rid of the hand to mouth thing that, you know, that's just as much of an addiction as the nicotine is. So you have that still, but you don't have the nicotine. In fact, you're actually about ready to begin yes. down this road. Yeah, I I was doing the patch, but that just made me throw up every day. Oh, jeez. (laughs) And now, do we have any kind of laws? Are San Francisco going to also legislate against people showing the patch in public? Like, mm. are you going to have, like, a tattoo? You know, are you going to have to cover it up with something? Well, they are, you... are clear, so they made it as impossible oh. to see as possible, you know, but... I see. It's and still... and, and th- that you... goes back to really what the problem here is for the bureaucrats. The problem here for the bureaucrats is the appearance of smoking. Mm. Yeah. Even though they're not smoking, they're vaporizing with a uh, device that is not a cigarette and th- so and it's not smoking and it doesn't contain uh tobacco. Mm. Well, it's close enough. It looks like it. And you could make the same argument for candy cigarettes. You absolutely they can. They have a lot of places have banned candy cigarettes. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. So your thoughts are welcome, especially if you are a smoker and and 1-800-259-9231. You can always give us your experience with the new e-cigarettes. And I don't expect to hear from anybody out there that is actually one of these bigots against uh, people that have a nicotine addiction problem because – 
as you pointed out in the past, Mark, they already have won. These people are winning. They have no reason to call into Free Talk Live to defend themselves, to make any kind of case for their hatred towards the cigarette smoker or now the nicotine addict. Uh, they have no reason to come out publicly and identify themselves because they're, they're already getting what they want. They're getting a world in which these people are completely regulated and controlled in what they can and can't do. And it only takes one person to suggest it, and then the government will hop on board because it's one more thing that they can regulate. More coming up here with your thoughts. Welcome at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Hunger strike has been threatened over some marijuana charges uh, since we're talking about drug use. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. Maybe some corrupt cop stories coming up as well. But you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there completely free. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You can also join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. And the AMP program is actually a great way for you to uh, help Free Talk Live expand. In fact, what we do is we take three bucks a month from you and we reinvest it into the show. We use that money to get on new radio stations around the country. We currently have 95 great radio stations, which don't include the uh, the XM channel uh, that we're also on. So I don't know if you want to count them as one station or yeah, not. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you count XM. Uh, I, but, when I call uh, advertisers, I just say we're on 95 radio stations and XM. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're all over the place, and it's thanks to listeners like you joining the Free Talk Live AMP program. The AMP money helps us bring stations on. It also helps us outreach to them by doing advertising, sends Mark and myself to uh, conventions throughout the year. In fact, we've got come, one coming up in New York City in the beginning of June, um, as well as another one that I, I just registered us for in Dallas uh, coming up later on this year. And so, us going to these things is really useful because it helps put us in front of the industry's decision makers. It shows them that Free Talk Live is a real show. And, of course, obviously having 95 stations helps show them that as well, uh, that we're serious. We've been here a long time and that we're one of the, the players uh, in the business. And so the Free Talk Live AMP program makes those things possible. So thanks to everybody who is an amplifier, everyone who has amped in the past and to you, if you will. AMP by going to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right there on the site securely, of course. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls. Frank is listening in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, uh, and Mark. Good evening. Hey, Frank. How are you doing Just tonight? great. What's on your mind? Good. Well, you know, I was... Thinking about what you were saying with the people with the uh, e-cigarettes sort of in public places not being allowed to smoke in that. Yes, sir. And I would assume one expels sort of the the, the mist, right? That's correct. You, yep. you take it in the lungs. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's lots of 
germs and things that come out normally when we're not smoking. But if you have, if you're inhaling, let's say, a mist and you're exhaling that, from a health point of view, it, it's a great way to spread lots of viruses and germs and different things. So, I mean, I huh? understand that level. Wait but, a minute. Know, a point of clarification here. Why would exhaling mist be any less healthy than exhaling whatever it is you normally ha- exhale? The particles, the particles, the bacteria, the, uh, what you're exhaling uh, is, is, is mist. It, so it's going to condense. It's going to fall down. The droplets are going to be pretty intense. So if they uh, fall down, though, wouldn't they more, be more likely to hit the floor, less likely to be airborne, and no, therefore no, they're gonna, well, to be less Well, when you exhale, they're going to be airborne because you're exhaling, and that's going to do things. But how is, uh, it, how is it being how is it being missed? If what you're saying is normally when you exhale, all the nasty germs are going everywhere. Which then, I think is I think there's a valid point to I that. I just like a scientific description of do things. <laughs> <laughs> so, how is it that do, how is it that having mist in your exhale is going to somehow worsen that? I would like to add point of clarification that some of these do not have mist that breathes out. It's you know it's it's very different depending on which one you use. And so it's only the stronger ones that you can actually see a mist when people blow out. Okay. Well, one thing I believe everyone has should have the freedom to do what they want within their own confines, such as your home, uh, your apartment. Um, but, you know, then again, in New York, there are bars that have like hookahs, that if people right. want to smoke, they can go to these and you could actually go and smoke, and you're not going to be fine. But if you go into, let's say, a regular bar, you're not allowed to smoke now, and you're not a restaurant the same way. So I think, in a sense, uh, that's you know that's all right from a non-smoker's point of view. But if one really believes in freedom and liberty, uh, you know the problem is when you know the apartment building and the condo building. And your gated community won't allow one to smoke. That that gets into all sorts of, of problems. But uh, I was wondering, do they have anything that would simulate, let's say, the wildwood weed? Maybe a patch or something that wouldn't be, let's say, uh, cannabis or something, so that one could have the patch and sort of, you know, be high in a positive way. <laughs> I don't understand. What is the wildwood weed, and what is its purpose? Oh, that would be cannabis. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like, I, instead I'm of a older, nicotine sorry, patch, that's sort of patch. a baby boomer reference. Yeah, you know, Ian doesn't know what a lid weed. is either. I know what a <laughs> lid is. <laughs> I just never heard weed called the wildwood weed before. That oh, was yeah. A, that was a new that one goes back to... Uh, I've heard it called grass. Back to the 60s. <laughs> yeah, so does grass, Summer and I've heard that one. You know, Big Brother in the Holding Company. I just thought it was a very specific kind of weed. I even say groovy, so like I'm I'm familiar with some of the '60s uh, terminology, but uh, that was a new one for me, Frank. So let me see, all right. Let me see if I'm clear on this. Uh, You're, are you saying that the vapor, the the people using the e-cigarettes should be restricted in in similar ways to smokers? I think I think they should, unless they're in a bar where they're allowed to smoke. And things, and I think. If well, you wait a minute. Into, wait, wait a minute. If you look into the allowed into the by of, of the expulsion of bacteria from the lungs and different things, you'll notice that people that have tuberculosis, when they cough, uh, they exhale lots of moisture, more so than someone, let's say, that would have asthma. So, or something. should we this ban all, sick people? Well, all I'm, no, no. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, my point about you know when you exhale the mist and the different you know, viruses, germs, and things. You know, th- there's a whole area of physiology that goes into that with great detail. 
And, you know, so that point you guys can research on your own. You may I suppose you could make the argument that when one is exhaling a mist, one may give it a little more of a push out of one's lungs than, say, one perhaps simply exhaling one's normal bre- uh, breathing. Right. Maybe or you could make that would, argument. Or the mist would actually uh, – what would be attracted to the mist would be the virus and the bacteria and the different, you know, particles and things. That's news so to me. I'm not a be, scientist, Frank. Are you? Well, I know how that works because when they do their – uh, research in bioweapons and sort well, of well, then we uh, so, we should be seeing at this point then things. people they coming down with things, of, right? Uh, like dealing if, with the dispersal. Yeah, if what you're saying is true, then these uh, e-cigarettes are very, very popular now. So therefore, people that are that have some sort of communicable disease, like common cold or something like that, should be able to spread it very easily using these uh, these e-cigarettes. Well, and we right. certainly and haven't heard about an epidemic. You could give the mask with the HEPA filter to the people that don't want to breathe that. <laughs> or, well, <laughs> and, and, and Frank, and I think that there's some value to what you've said. I think that likely yes. what you're saying is is to some extent true, but we also have to consider that we need science to tell us this. And it's, Correct. Uh, because, in fact, nicotine's a poison. It may very well kill off many of the viruses yes. or bacteria. So it could be that this uh, th- th- this vaporized mm. air could actually be better for you than the air breathed out of someone else's lungs. You'd also have to look at the, sick, the, the air breathed out of sick people's lungs versus the air breed out of uh, normal people's lungs, should we then outlaw sick people going outside? I think that that's a value. Also, if a person chose to use one of these vaporizers and then blow it into, say, a hanky or something like that, and then let the vapor you know, be filtered through the hanky, have, have they done a certain... Have At that point, would they then be allowed to, uh, by law, and that's what we're concerned here, we're not concerned about a bar owner choosing whether or not mm-hmm. to let people who look like they're smoking uh, vaporize in, in his bar. We're talking about the law. Would the law then think it's okay and i suspect here in san francisco in this case it no. would not thanks and, frank for the call i appreciate hearing yeah, from i was you. just gonna say i've also seen some of these liquid bases that actually have vitamins in them that's interesting yeah so you get healthier by using <laughs> this maybe <Weird. laughs> 1-800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai tool free line and mark you touched on a point that i don't think we've really focused on at all in this conversation and that is that People, Frank also touched on this, that in some bars it would be allowed. He was referring to the government allowing it in some bars. But it should be allowed by whichever bar owner would like to allow it. A bar owner should be able to decide, and a restaurant owner and a business owner and whoever, apartment building owners, whatever we're talking about here, private property owners should be able to set these restrictions for themselves. So if I as a bar owner decide that I want to allow vaporizers in my bar but not cigarettes in my bar – then I should be able to make that choice. If I want to allow both of them in my bar, I should be able to make that choice. And if I want to ban them both from my bar, I should be able to do that as well and then allow the marketplace of people who want to go to bars to decide as to whether or not I've made a good choice to send their business to me or to tell me, hey, I'm not coming to your bar because you won't let me smoke cigarettes inside there. And I might say to them, well, that's fine. I've got enough business from the people that want to want to vaporize nicotine. That's fine. You can go find some other dive bar to, uh, to go to. Right. And this is how the sort of it, people worry that uh, the the societal norms wouldn't be passed on in a uh, in a more libertarian world. But in fact, they would be because people would be able to make decisions and make decisions based on what they know the rules of the bar to be. If the if the bar didn't allow vaporizing, I don't vaporize or smoke, but I may say, you know what, that person is just too much of a stick of the mud. I'm not going there. I have vaporized a lot of cannabis, and I have to say that uh, I truly prefer the vaporization method. It is much tastier. It is. It feels healthier. You don't 
feel as run down afterwards as you do if you smoke a lot? That's right. Absolutely the case. More coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. I can't tell you how many times people have recommended to Ian and I that we start an online liberty business directory so the people will know with whom they're doing business and how they can do business with people who are in the liberty community. Well, the market for liberty.com is a liberty movement business directory. It intends to be a complete list of all products and services provided by members of the liberty movement or products that directly benefit the Liberty community. This is a voluntary project. There'll be no charges for buyers or sellers using this site. It's being compiled right now, and they need your help. If you know of any products or services provided by members of the Liberty Movement, send an email to contact at themarketforliberty.com. Again, it's contact at themarketforliberty.com. This is a way to build the Liberty Movement right online. Contact at themarketforliberty.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of this program, and you, as always, are invited to take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show websites, we do ours for free, and you actually get to control the content there, uh, which is uh, pretty unique, I think, amongst talk show websites. You can go to freetalklive.com, find something online that you think is interesting. You just drop it in as show prep to the website. Then other listeners will get the chance to vote on whether they like or dislike what you've suggested. You get to vote on things as well, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. Many more people see it, including us, making us more likely to talk about it on the air. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Of course, we'll take your phone calls about anything that you want. And then on the way, a hunger strike is planned in New Zealand. We'll explain what that, that's all about. First, Brimmer or Brimer is on the line in Virginia. How do you pronounce your name? Brimer. Brimer. Listening to WTAR in Norfolk. What's on your mind tonight, Brimer? Well, I was just calling in about that smoking thing you were just talking about. How... Uh, People are getting all uh, just out of whack about, you know, people wanting to smoke all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a pipe smoker myself. I never have been a cigarette smoker. Because uh, when I was young, my father, he always discouraged smoking cigarettes. Because, you know, a lot of people just take it up as a habit, and they do it all the time. Yeah. But uh, now, like, uh, my father always taught me, he said, you don't smoke anything until you get 18 years old. That was what his rules were. Did you follow those rules? Well, I got to say, generally I did. Generally I did. (laughs) But now, my father, he used to paint, he used to smoke a pipe. But once during the summer, he'd buy a box of cigars and go up on the roof and paint on the house. And when he'd throw the butts down on the ground, once in a while I'd sneak over and pick one up and smoke on it. You know? <laughs> so, so I can't say I really followed it 100%, but yeah. basically I did. Okay. But anyway, um, the thing that bothers me about these uh, smoking rules is that, you know, I feel like people ought to have the right to smoke. I'm like you. I don't like to see people throwing cigarette butts around. It's nasty. It's a lazy way to do it. But uh, now pipe smoking, you don't really throw anything down. Nope. You know, you should put your ashes in the ashtray. I understand that. And I'm not a habitual smoker. I mean, I don't continuously smoke a pipe. I smoke it maybe once a day or, 
you know, you know, when I feel like going outside, you know, I'm, I don't have it in my mouth all the time. But the children, the children, Primer. <laughs> See, and I was one of those anal retentive, like, I tried to always throw away my cigarette butts whenever I could. And, you know, I'd bury them in the ground if I couldn't. And when a child would walk by, if I could not get myself in a position to where there was no smoke, like, coming off of me or out of me towards that child, I'd just put out my cigarette until that child passed. But not anymore. Well, I never smoke well, inside I still the house. Do that, but... oh, okay. <laughs> I don't smoke inside the house. So were you just calling to tell us about your personal smoking habits? Because I can well, tell you I that was... the nicotine haters, the people that, that, uh, that dislike other human beings yeah. because they have an addiction to nicotine, they don't care if you smoke a pipe, and they don't care if you smoke it once a day, and they don't care if you do it outside or inside. They... They just look down their nose at you. They think they're better than you. I know, and that's what I don't understand. And I don't understand why they have this way that they feel. Because they, you know, really, smoking, you know, if you do it in your own privacy or you do it someplace where people gather to do it their own self, they're not hurting those people, really. I mean, you would be, if you go into, I don't go into bars because I don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. But if you go into a bar and you're drinking, you got more chance of killing a person on the street from drinking than you do from smoking. No doubt about it, Brimer, and thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. All the logic in the world is not going to persuade these people. Yeah. And to, to answer his question as to why people would feel this way, that's open to speculation. I'd certainly love to hear your thoughts, but uh, it's, it's a superiority thing, I think. You know, they look at they look down their nose. They want to feel superior, and it's easy for them to feel superior to somebody who's look at that person. They're just addicted to that nicotine. Well, They're I, just so pathetic. I think they can't even from, control themselves. I think it mostly comes from two areas. One, the uh, the born again non smoker, the person who used to be a smoker. Oh, they're the worst. And the, right, they they are, and they had to. You know, to, some people choose to personify the addiction, and then. Uh, vilify it. So tobacco is an evil whore who must die or whatever. You, do, you mm. do you understand the, the, the practice that I'm talking about mm -hmm. here? So they, they personify it and then vilify it. Well, the tobacco didn't have anything to do with you smoking it. Nope. You picked it up and you smoked it and it's your fault. Uh, so, you know, but it's the, much easier to blame something else. It, it is. And I, I think from a psychological standpoint, it really is. So therefore, they, they make it evil. And the second thing is it stinks. It really does. Um, you know, it's not pleasant to sit there and eat your breakfast in a diner where uh, people are, you know, smoking, uh, smoking cigarettes next to you eating your, your eggs and hash browns. It's it's grody. I, you know, I mean, I grew up, my, my dad would uh, go to the Waffle House in town all the time. And of course, at that time, everybody smoked in there. But, eh, you know, it's, it's, it's not the well, most pleasant way to have your breakfast. I, I get where you're coming from. But it's also grody when people smell bad, too. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to outlaw anybody from smelling bad. There were more people who smoked in this diner than smelled bad. I get where you're and coming from. And it goes farther. I remember. And I, I can just, feel good. Well, hold on. I, I can feel good about myself because I shower regularly. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 hygiene is important to me. Yeah, thanks for doing um, that. You know, I can feel good about myself for that, but I can do it privately. I don't have to, I don't have to force my views upon everybody else. I don't have to mandate uh, that everybody buy a stick of deodorant and use it on a regular basis. I, that's not my, that's not how I operate. 
That's not what I do. But these people do. These people believe they know what's best for you, right. and they are going to enforce it upon you. I'm and they'll only punish you. telling you why it is that they that the, there's such a thing out there against tobacco when there's all kinds of other addictions out there. You know, it's just. But do you see what I'm saying? I see. I see what you're, where you're coming from, but it doesn't have to manifest. Somebody can be against tobacco, or or rather against smoking or whatever, or against being addicted to things without being. A control freak, I think. Don't you think? Well, plus, I mean, there's a lot worse smells out there than cigarette smoke. And no kidding. So, like, how come people aren't harping on, you know, the super B.O. people sitting in the booth next to them that just ruins their lunch because they smell so bad? Well, maybe the reason for that, Meg, is because it would be more it would be too personal. You know, the, these people are cowards, really. I mean, they're, they don't want to go up and ask you to stop smoking. Most of them. Some some probably will. But many of these folks are more likely to turn to the government and snitch on somebody. Oh, there's someone smoking over there. Send one of your agents quick. Well, they do uh, that th- for anything. I well, mean, that's true. They did it for your couch. No no doubt. And people are encouraged to, to use that uh, sort of a solution. But it's more difficult to do that with somebody who's just stinky, right? Yeah. They, they're not, they don't have the obvious look to them of smoking a cigarette you can't just walk down the street and eyeball people who are stinky but you can eyeball people as a cop who might want to you know write a ticket mm-hmm. for smoking or a health code enforcer of some sort they can just eyeball around and catch everybody that's you know doing smoking looking things whereas someone who's stinky would be a subjective sort of uh, question well, also to- you can stop being you can stop smoking immediately you can't stop being being stinky immediately they they do have some laws uh, in places where it's like uh, fragrances are banned and so how do you you know enforce that if somebody you know just smells good naturally Where? or something um, we did a discussion about one uh, i think it was you know some government agency wanted all their government workers to ah, no yes. longer wear fragrances but that's if, more of a government internal rule yeah, than but, a, I mean, a law i i I would not put it past them to, you know, expand that to general. No, public. I agree with you. I, I agree. I wouldn't. Put I've it past worked them. at a workplace where a, a lady wore just too much perfume, and I wish that that had been a rule there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it would, it would have been it would have been nice. Well, and you would have been within your purview had you been the owner, or the boss of that mm-hmm. uh, business, mm-hmm. to to make a rule like that. And that's what is beautiful about the idea of uh, private property ownership is that each private property owner gets to set their own damn rules when it comes to what they like and what they don't like. If you want to make it so only people with pink T-shirts can come into your business establishment, you're probably going to cut out a lot of your business, but you could do that if you wanted to. end up being a gay club. You should do that if you want to. Well, you should be able to do that. There may be anti-discrimination rules that would prevent you from doing that, but you should be able to. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now and then we will find uh, people that are courageous enough to go up against these smoking bans, but usually the courage doesn't last too long because they go up against it all alone and they get crushed and rolled over by the tank treads of the evil state. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, all you have to do is click and download. It's right there on the front page of the website. In fact, you get the last week's worth there on the front page. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. All completely free at freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, ladies first, Jennifer, listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Jennifer. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. um, I am calling in response to your discussion about smokers. Yeah, please. And I live in West Virginia where there are a lot of people who smoke. And I am a non-smoker. And I have absolutely no opinion about whether someone chooses to smoke, you know, on their own. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm walking into a restaurant or a hospital, um, you know, or any kind of public space where people are standing directly in front of the door, that leaves me with no choice as to whether or not I'm exposed to the smoke. And that's what bothers me. Um, And especially there's a real problem here with people just lighting up everywhere. Uh, Like my daughter was playing t-ball in the summer and, you know, their parents just standing on the sidelines, just standing there smoking with all these children around. And that's, I think, what the law should um, cover things like that, where that completely goes against my decision to not smoke and to not expose my daughter to smoke and things like that. So should um, your daughter also not be exposed to hairstyles with which you uh, disagree and clothing styles with which you disagree? No, because she's, I allow her to make decisions like that where I also make my own decisions. And um, if somebody's style of hair were poking me in the face, then that I think would something that should be regulated but how about you know, flatulence um because what you what it sounds like what you're suggesting is that uh, well okay hair is okay because it's not going to poke you in the face but the idea that a parent standing on an open baseball field smoking a cigarette is somehow going to offend you what if i go ahead and rip one uh as i'm standing down the field from you as well is should that also be made illegal because that could be pretty offensive <laughs> well well that is offensive and that's but I also have brothers, and so that's, you know, not something necessarily that is uh, a choice. I mean, everybody Well, I could choose to hold it in. (laughs) I could choose to hold it in. Or go to the bathroom. Yeah, like, I'd be really curious as to how you'd phrase this law and to what it would be based on. I mean, you know, is it the, the smelling of tobacco smoke? Is it getting enough tobacco smoke to actually be damaging in some way to your lungs? I mean, they've they've shown that that uh, at the very least one of these EPA studies that uh, that looked at secondhand smoke was well they they fudged the numbers and that secondhand smoke mm-hmm. isn't nearly as uh, as dangerous as this this yeah, particular study said. Yeah, you have to like said. be in an enclosed area for years at a time with a very heavy smoker in right. order to get anything. But I, I just want to point out that I don't think there would be as many people standing outside, you know, in front of doors if they had a place sure. to go. 
they don't. They've been kicked out of those places, and so they have to stand in front of those doors. Plus, the other thing well, you, you didn't look at is the fact that uh, these establishments should be able to set those rules. If you walk into a bar and there are smokers in there, you could walk right back out. I mean, you have right. no, that bar owner should have no obligation to pander to you if he considers his cigarette smoking crowd to be more important of a customer base, don't you think? I do. And if I, if I decided to go to a place where I knew there would be smoking, then I could either decide whether or not to go there. However, and- like just for example, uh, last week, and I don't know if it's a state law or if it's a federal law about uh, standing, you know, no smoking within 15 feet of an entrance. Mm-hmm. No, that's state. Probably state law, yeah. And so that's the um, the law here. And it's also uh, many of the hospitals um, have decided to have no smoking on campus. But when you drive by this main hospital downtown, there are people sitting under the signs in scrubs, yep. you know, smoking. And there's like 20 people there constantly um, smoking. And I have, you know, no choice whether or not if I have to go into the emergency room, that I have to walk directly through that. So that's you where I object. You could go I, to a different hospital. You just mentioned that there well, are other hospitals that have started to restrict those things. And why not object to it to the hospital? Why not go to the hospital right. and as a customer or someone who could be a customer in the future, let them know that this is concerning to you and that as a hospital right. and an institution of health, you want them to uh, put on a better f- well, front. What would be more effective yeah. would be a smoker's room where they have some kind of recirculated air system that removes the tobacco smell or whatever. Yeah, some airports they've, have that now. They, they've got that and that would be far more effective because they would get them out of the way. I agree with you. I don't like running the phalanx of, uh, of tobacco smoke either i find that unpleasant but i know that it is the result of politicians who have written poor laws and that the marketplace responds generally better and it responds more quickly and i think that this is the kind of thing that you would see if if uh, because because really truly america's turning against smoking is the way i see it and i think that uh, these e-cigarettes are are one aspect of it and the government in san francisco this is probably just the first of governments that are trying to do this Mm -hmm. uh Turning against e-cigarette smokers is is really just being counterproductive in the same way that it is by kicking them out of all the public buildings and then making them congregate around the doors and then k- kicking them within 15 feet of the door and then making them form a big arc that you have to go through. And in some hospitals, you can't even be on the hospital property and they have to go stand up by the bus stop or whatever. And, um, you know, it just looks terrible that one of their nurses is out there and their, their scrubs or whatever smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and I think right. people really devalue the person-to-person interaction. Like, if somebody was to come up to me and say, hey, you know, like, I have to go into this place and your smoking bothers me, would you mind stepping away? That, to me, is much more powerful than a law. Like, I can have a person-to-person interaction say, okay, I understand your concern. I don't mind stepping away for you. You know, and in the future, I would be more courteous towards people going into that particular place because I know that some people have a problem with it. Yeah, this really these issues should be solved on a business to business basis by customers expressing their concerns and their preferences and allowing business owners and hospital operators to make these decisions themselves. Do you see why turning to the aggression of the state could be damaging in the long run? Oh, I definitely do. And I and this is where I think the problem lies, is that these laws are made, but there is no enforcement of them. Oh, there and is enforcement so, of them. It's just inappropriately distributed. Why would you want – would you really want to see someone go to jail because they were smoking a cigarette? Oh, no, but I would prefer them not to stand directly in front of the door. And well, a couple weeks ago, I went into a restaurant – and an employee was standing directly in front of the door, and I had to walk straight through it with my daughter. And I went inside, you didn't have to. and I said, 
Well, and I said to the manager, you, you know, I, I didn't appreciate having to walk in with your employee standing in front of the door when I came in with my child. I bet that's, that won't happen so, again. Well, that's going to yep. solve the problem. That's the correct approach right. to yep. the situation. But to say that you want the government to enforce this law means that you want, I mean, maybe you're not, you don't mean to be saying this perhaps, but by saying that, the message is you want the cops to come and put someone in handcuffs for smoking a cigarette in a place with which you disagree. Or at least and, threaten them. Well, well, right, because what will happen is they'll issue a citation to them. They'll, they'll, they'll threaten right. them, they'll issue a citation, and the, the citation is essentially putting someone in handcuffs because it then forces them to go to either pay some sort of fine and or go to court. If they aren't going to pay the fine, they may end up going to a jail cell. Ultimately, that's what you're threatening against people who are doing something with which you disagree. And it's just, it's a barbaric way to approach things. And I, I don't think people realize that when they go about it because they've been so trained to accept this as a way to try to control the behavior of others. And, of course, it just backfires on them eventually. And thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Use the market and its mechanisms to change things if you need to. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find on the site totally free. So once again, go to freetalklive.com and enjoy it on us. Uh, By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, Jason Osborne, the principal over there, he's a smoker of e-cigarettes too. And, uh, you know, it, 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 he does all kinds of things to promote liberty, including being one of the main sponsors of Free Talk Live. If you have a company that needs to you know, try something new and different in the area of accounts receivable, try SACL CAI. They're the top banner on the right-hand side of the page. You can click there, find out uh, more about SACL CAI and all the stuff they can do for your business. All right, so as always, you can dial in about anything you want. News internationally coming from New Zealand, where a Timaru man is threatening to go on a hunger strike. This is from the NZ Herald at nzherald.co.nz. Uh, he's threatening to go on a hunger strike if he is jailed for marijuana charges. Claiming the 45 plants he grew were for medicinal purposes, Peter Davy, age 51, is to be sentenced in the Tamaru District Court after he admitted to smoking, growing, and importing cannabis. The former IT engineer told 3 News he uses the marijuana to ease pain that he gets from a tumor in his pituitary gland and for his partner, Tracy, who suffers from multiple sclerosis. And, of course, anybody that has paid attention to the world of medical marijuana will know that people with certain really awful diseases like multiple sclerosis yeah. can have real tangible benefits uh, to their pain reduction, their calm uh, by smoking uh, cannabis uh, in just a small amounts. Usually it's, mm-hmm. you know, a toke or two is all they need to uh, to medicate themselves. And the idea that, uh, and I thought New Zealand was, you know, a little more of a, I guess, progressive, on progressive this. place. Yeah. Apparently not. 
because they're still locking people up or threatening to lock people up who have used marijuana for medicinal purposes. His biggest concern, he says, is for his partner who requires 24-hour care should he be jailed. Uh, Mr. Davies said that the only thing that's ever worked for me is cannabis and I'm not allowed to take it. And if I go to prison, those are the choices, suffer or go to prison. I told Tracy that I would be there at the end if anything happens to her, that I might not be there. If I get sent to prison, she'll have to go to a rest home. Mr. Davies says he's never given the drug to anyone other than his partner. He has the support of cannabis law reformers, of course, who believe New Zealand should follow the lead of Canada, some European countries, and U.S. states, and allow the medicinal use of cannabis. Vocal protests have been promised should Mr. Davies be imprisoned, the spokesbureaucrat for... Excuse me, not a, not a spokes bureaucrat. Uh, spokes, spokesman for Green Cross Auckland urged the court not to jail Mr. Davey, saying that surely compassion can be shown with Peter spared from incarcer- incarceration, thus saving this couple uh, who already have enough to cope with from any further suffering. And actually, that's uh, somewhat of an older story. There's uh, probably going to be some more uh, news here coming out shortly regarding what uh, what will happen with Mr. Uh, Mr. Davey. Uh, because that was written a few days ago, so I, I, I've yet to actually see an update on this particular story as far as uh, whether or not he was put in jail. But if he isn't put in jail, then that's great news. If he is, then he's just another one of many. He won't be the only person this year who's going to be put into a jail cell because he's decided to self-medicate. Because he's decided, as so many uh, medicinal marijuana users have, that he would rather take the risk of growing this this crop that in this state, in New Hampshire, is a felony. Uh, in most places, it is an instant mm-hmm. felony if you grow a plant. Uh, that he would rather take the risk of what is probably the equivalent of a felony charge over in New Zealand. Take the risk of going, to, going into a cage. Because that's how important this medicine is to him. Yeah. That's how effective that this medicine is in comparison to other things that are maybe available through the prescription process that are maybe highly addictive or very uh, you know nasty as far as the side effects are concerned. A lot of folks have uh, you know a lot of cancer patients for instance have been known for smoking marijuana to reduce nausea because all of the other pills that they take are in combination with one another, very nasty uh, to the insides of your body, and they make it so you want to puke. And so using the marijuana has helped keep the pills down for these folks. Uh, these people are, are taking a risk. These people understand that this is so valuable a crop, such a valuable product, such a valuable medicine, that it's worth it to them to either grow it themselves or hunt around in the black market to try to find a reliable black market source. And whatever the risks are that come along with that, these people have accepted those risks. Yeah, I mean, when you're in mass amounts of pain, like I have a disease called dysmenorrhea, and it's it's a very rare thing for me to have. I get it like once every three months. But when I'm in that pain, I would gladly face, you know, charges, jail, whatever, just to get rid of that pain. It doesn't not, that's the only thing I can think about when I'm in that moment, because, you know, you can't, you literally cannot think about anything else but ending it. You just want it to stop. And if that means going to jail for, you know, two months, I'll face jail for two months to get my pain to stop. Mm. Here's his website, freepeterdavy.com. That's uh, peterdavy, D-A-V-Y.com. He says that uh, I'm 51 years old. I'm a medical cannabis user and I've had cancer for over 10 years. 
He talks about his partner that has multiple sclerosis. And he says, I've cultivated cannabis for medical purposes. And by the way, I looked around and I couldn't find an update to this story as far as whether or not he has yet been sentenced. So if you're in New Zealand and you can uh, give us the latest, I'd appreciate hearing about it. But he says that uh, he's cultivated cannabis for medical purposes and extensively has researched the breeding of rare cannabis strains for these specific medical conditions. So he's actually gone through the extra effort of not just smoking any pot uh, he can get his hands on. He's he's found certain strains that are more reliable to treat certain types of disease. On February 15th, 2011, I pleaded guilty. I wish people wouldn't do that stuff. Uh, But uh, he pleaded guilty in Timaru Court in New Zealand to cultivation of cannabis and associated charges. The judge told me to expect uh, expect a prison sentence on March 16th when I go up for sentencing because it's the fifth time I've been convicted. That's how important this guy finds this medicine. You you gladly, you know, go through it and do it again. Uh, and if he wanted to just get high, he could just get any kind of cannabis, right? He could just go and buy something off the street. It probably wouldn't be as risky because usually – I don't know if it's the same in New Zealand, but around here, it's more significant of a charge if you're growing it. It's called manufacturing, and it's it's a much more risky kind of a situation. Yeah, I think most places it's probably a much bigger deal if you're growing it. So clearly he wasn't looking to just get high. He had a specific purpose here, and that was to relieve some pain and suffering. He says, I appeared on March 16th, and thanks to the efforts of hundreds of supporters, we managed to fill the courtroom. The judge this time was still planning to send me to prison, but at the last minute delayed the sentencing until April 20th to allow me to provide more evidence. I appeared again on April 20th, and by this time my story had become national and worldwide news, thanks to the efforts of all my supporters. Again, the judge wanted to send me to prison, but delayed the sentencing for a further eight weeks. Ah, that's the stat we didn't get in the the news article. The efforts of protesters at courthouses around the country and worldwide online have shown New Zealand politicians, police, and judges that the world will not sit idly by while they use the drug war as an excuse to torture sick and dying people. The battle is not over yet, as I appear again on June 22nd, and there is still a very real possibility that I will be sent to prison. I want to be making it I want to make it clear that I will be going on a hunger strike the moment I am given a prison sentence and I absolutely do not want to be force fed under any circumstances. I will also be refusing all cancer medication. I am 100% committed to continuing with a hunger strike until I'm dead. I mean after all, they are trying to kill him mm-hmm. by taking away a man's medicine, something that works. Something that he's certain and she is certain that uh, that work for them. You're sentencing them to death. If they find that the other medicine that they've been told should work for them isn't working for them. Ah, this is good enough. Yeah, well, it's not good enough. Clearly, he's willing to be convicted. This is fifth time to yeah. be convicted. For Clearly, this. he doesn't think it's good enough. Right. So he and says, that's really an issue of freedom as to whether or not he can take the medicine that he thinks is best for him. Yep. Not what you um, and most listeners out here are uneducated um, in this area. Um, not I think what, most of our listeners are compassionate and understand that people should be able to do this. I, I think yeah, I think you're going at a limb. You don't know what I mean. We're statistics on the radio. show. You know. Statistics show statistics that most show. Americans are compassionate towards the idea of medical marijuana. But that doesn't mean that they're educated on the subject and know whether or not Marinol or whatever it is is right. better, worse, yeah. more and effective, less effective. Remove everything else. I mean, morphine is so expensive, and that's probably what they're going to stick you on. <laughs> We're coming up here. Yeah, it's 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up.
Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, enough time for you. If you make the call now at 800 259 9231, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that might happen to be on your mind. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com and you can join the fun over in the BBS, the bulletin board system. It's essentially the message board for listeners of this program. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com uh, to get involved there. That's BBS. It's free, by the way. bbs.freetalklive.com. And the biggest freedom-themed event of 2011 is happening this summer from June 20th through the 26th. That's less than two months from now. Will you be there? We will. All of us will be there, Free Talk Live, broadcasting live throughout the uh, event. Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival has something for everyone who loves freedom. And this year, you can be a part of it. From live music to games to vendors that you won't find anywhere else, Porkfest has it all. $30 is all it costs to get registered. Of course, camping or a hotel room or whatever might cost a little bit more on top of that, obviously. Uh, but go and get registered now at Porkfest.com, P-O-R-C. FEST.com. It's not too late, although I do understand that the motel on the property has sold out, and I think the campsites are going quickly. I'm not sure if they are completely sold out as of yet, but they are going. There are some RV sites which can also be used as campsites as well. You'll just be a little further away from uh, from some of the action, but you're not going to want to stay on your campsite. There's a lot going yeah. on. Everywhere. I think I saw people passed out all over that place, so well, campsite was really irrelevant to them. It's not like it's a whole bunch of drunks uh, passed out everywhere. Yeah. There are lots of family things uh, to do as well. In fact, people, I think, tend to behave themselves fairly oh, well Oh, they do. Fest. They just, you know, the more younger party age types, you'd see them strewn out in different campsites every night. So Yeah, there was one guy that was really, really drunk one year, but that was the worst I've, I've seen Yeah, it. that was pretty bad. But... And, uh, and the year after that, that problem didn't happen. And the same guy actually came back and had a great yeah. time. And people kind of kept him in check while he was out yep, there. So that's right. And, Keep an eye at him. Yep, that's right. Uh, Brian Travis, myself, and a handful of other folks were over there doing a, um, doing, you know, a really nice job and taking their time away from the partying to make sure that somebody was taken care of. Um, so and, and actually, this time it's not just going to be the random amateurs like uh, myself mm-hmm. or, or Brian from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. There's actually going to be the free aid tent. Yes. Now, this is actually a group of uh, individuals who are in the healthcare field, EMTs, people that are training to be doctors, uh, folks that are actually going to spend time volunteering to be sort of on call in the event of some kind of a medical uh, necessity or, or, or an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a pretty exciting development. Yeah, so. that, that will definitely... Uh prevent one of the worst experiences i had there with um somebody who got a little over drunk and messy Mm, yes so having those folks on hand to kind of handle those situations will certainly be useful anytime you've got a thousand people together in the same area imbibing and uh partaking in various uh, things then there's always the chance that something might go amiss And so it's nice to have that nearby. And it's just interesting how Porkfest over time has really matured into quite yeah, an just, event. It's because it's freedom based, it, the market sees that necessity and it was built. That's right. Nobody had to ask permission. Yeah. You just you start doing whatever it is you think 
folks will find valuable at Porkfest.、Mm-hmm. And so people sell、uh, food that they make. They might sell alcohol. They might sell, you know, little、uh, crafts or t shirts or whatever it is they want to. And nobody asks the government's permission to do so. And it's just wonderful. And then last year,、uh, the cops tried to come into the park at one point. And <laughs> I just folks- remembered the guy on the little、uh, golf cart chasing him down, telling him to get out. Yeah, that's right. The owner of the park actually made it clear to the police that he does not want them coming. Onto his property during this particular event. Because those of us who love liberty are the majority of his business for that particular week. And, you know, he'd rather have us be satisfied than the police. Yes. So he made the right choice in that particular case. You can go to porkfest.com, get registered, P O R C F E S T.com, get signed up, and we'll look forward to seeing you there.、Uh, again, the news we're talking about here is a man named Peter. His website, freepeterdavy.com. And he's a man who's had cancer for 10 years of his life. He's been convicted five times now of growing, I believe, growing or possession charges, marijuana related charges. He's now preparing to go to prison and was originally supposed to be sentenced to,、uh, to go to prison on April 20th, ironically enough, because I'm、mm-hmm. pretty sure they celebrate 420 worldwide. It's not just an American thing. So on 420, he packed the courtroom full of supporters. And at that point, the judge, I guess, got a little nervous and decided to put the sentencing off again、uh, to late June. So we don't really know what's going to happen to this man, but he is saying that he is 100% committed to continuing with a hunger strike, starting a hunger strike the moment he is sentenced to prison, and continuing that hunger strike until he dies. Or until he's allowed to get out and have access to his medication. They brought this guy to the end of his rope. I mean, they've, they've、mm-hmm. gone after him five times for smoking marijuana for medicinal purposes. You know, I mean, this just goes to show how uncontrollable this war on marijuana is. They can't keep it off of an island nation. Yep. I mean, <laughs>、yeah. they're out there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. They can't keep it off, off there.、Yep. You can't do it. The government can't keep it out of prisons. They can't keep it out of New Zealand. They, you just can't do it. His last paragraph here on his essay at freepeterdaby.com says this is about medical marijuana, a police force that continually lies to make themselves look good, and the complete lack of empathy and compassion. In our present justice system. And he's absolutely right. And in fact, I saw a video recently over at freeconquered.org, which is one of the, the new free websites that has kind of popped up around New Hampshire.、Uh, Garrett is the kind of the guy behind that site. He's the one taking the video. And I'm glad he's out there because it's nice to have somebody that's got their feet on the ground in the Concord area doing video reporting. And one of the things that he did recently, and I featured it over at freekeen.com, I thought it was so outstanding, was he attended one of these marijuana hearings. They're, they're having the medicinal marijuana hearings. They just had them recently, I guess, in the Senate. I don't know if they've Voted on it yet? I'm sure we would have heard about it if they actually had, but the medical marijuana bill provisions have passed the New Hampshire State House. We're now waiting to see what happens in the Senate. And so he actually attended、uh, that Senate hearing and brought his video camera along and actually、uh, kind of cornered、uh, one of the government bureaucrats. This lady, and I almost hesitate to call her a lady,、uh, Karen Eckel is her name. She is the Attorney General's top drug prosecutor here in New Hampshire. She's this cold, cold, unfeeling、uh, bureaucrat who comes out every single time that there's a proposal for medical marijuana and speaks out against the idea of medical marijuana. I mean, you. 
It's so I, – I really don't want to be somebody who looks at a government bureaucrat and says that person's not a human being because I know they are and I know that government people do have feelings and they want the same things, a lot of them that we want. And But when, the, when a woman like this, a person like this comes out and – literally ignores people in wheelchairs and just actively advocates to put crippled people and people that are hurting and in chronic pain in jail cells and ignores all evidence that this is valuable to people and just it's just so cold i i don't know what else to say about someone like that yeah i've been debating uh doing this activism that i've wanted to do for a long time i've heard about it where you basically Get a bunch of people who are either sick or need medical marijuana for some reason. Have them. I personally, I throw up from taking Vicodin. So just gather up either at the outside the door of their office or their home or whatever. Take whatever it is. Throw up right on their doorstep. Because wow. that's what they're making you do. If you can't have the medical marijuana, then you have to go mm. by these other means that make you sick. So let them see that. Let them walk through it. I think that's a fine idea. Yeah. I don't I have know. No problem with they that. need to know what they're doing to people. And apparently they they can't listen to it because in these medical marijuana testimonial things where they've got people coming in in front of the senator house and they have people that are for it and they have people that are against it and everybody, you know, spends their time talking to the senators and begging in the case of the medical marijuana yeah, users. They don't have and people, to watch it. And the people with compassion, they beg. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They don't realize. Apparently, the words aren't powerful enough yeah. Meg, because well, I, to, to have a man come in there and this is what's in the video. You can go to freekeen.com and look for medical cannabis user relates amazing story because after the segment about him chasing down this horrible woman uh, and her refusing to answer questions, just being rude, um, the, he interviews one of the, the people that actually spoke at this uh this session and he's a man who was in the military and the things that he did in the military with the experiments that they did on him uh re- resulted in him having this serious i think a spinal problem of some sort anyway the guy's in major pain and just crippling amounts of pain and this guy talks about his experience and he explains this in front of this you know this group of people and this woman cannot show him any compassion whatsoever she completely ignores him just like the politicians like Mitt Romney and these other jerk balls that uh, ignore these people that are coming up to them in wheelchairs and saying hey medical marijuana is important to me can you acknowledge that this is something that is important to me I've actually seen the politicians run and hide behind their constituents Yep. Oh, they, they, they don't want to answer the questions. Yeah. I, I think most of them are un, uneducated on the issue. and They're not listening. They're not allowing themselves to be educated. This man is telling them his story. Yeah. And they're not paying any attention. Because the war on drugs and the programs, the government programs, are more important to them. Go see this video. It's something you don't want to miss. Medical cannabis user relates amazing story. It's up at freekeen.com. Thanks to freeconquer.org. We'll see you tomorrow night. It's Free Talk Live. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and J. Neil Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. 
The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.